I 100% do not think I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for the design community and other people around me encouraging me and giving their feedback and for me to bounce ideas off even, showing their support. All of that has come together to definitely help me out with my side projects and get me where I am today. I'm so glad that I found a bunch of people who are accepting in that way and who are interested in what I'm doing and who just like talking about design as much as I do. I think that's really cool. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke, and welcome to episode 26. In this episode, we're going to be talking about design communities And we're going to be touching a little bit on the importance of communities, what communities Charlie and I are both a part of, and why we decided to join these design communities and what we get out of them. But first, the weekly check-in. Charlie, how's it going? It's been going good, starting a new month, which means starting a new monthly focus, which for me this month is going to be that workshop that I think I mentioned quite a few episodes back, but I, I took April to focus on lettering, but now I'm back on the workshop train and going to be looking into the logistics of it, you know, how I can organize it and get it done and get a sign up page up ready and live. It won't be live by the time this episode goes out. I'm not going to create that much work for myself, but yeah, as soon as possible this month, it will be going up so I can start, I don't know, seeing if people are even interested in it at all. Yeah, that's my month. Can you remind us and share a bit of light on what your workshop is going to be? Yes, so the workshop is going to be about uh, designing typographic layouts, so maybe for a poster or for apparel. I haven't nailed down the exact project yet, but that's part of what this month is going to be about, all that planning phase. How about you? How's your month been? Wait, week. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's been good, yeah. I had a bit of a crazy week talking at a conference last week which I mentioned in the previous yeah. episode and I just want to say that you were amazing I was able to watch your talk streamed live from my office in London and I felt so proud of you you did so oh, well thank you that's so kind it was probably one of the like most scary but also super exciting moments like you're so nervous before you go on and you're like constantly practicing and going over everything in your head and then once you get up there you know you just feel like so good and then when you're finished you feel like you're on top of the world so it was really quite a very rewarding thing for me to do uh it's not every day that I stand up in front of 350 people and uh, present a live presentation so it was really good I had a really good time so that was in Denmark so we just got back on Sunday a couple days ago so we're kind of just getting back into the groove of things you know now that things are coming back down Uh, so last week for me was definitely like focus on conference and presentation so I'm a little bit behind in my personal side project stuff because of that Uh, but yeah this week is all going to be about catching up and getting back on track. Awesome. I think that's like a worthy cause to put side project stuff on on hold for. So well done. I like to think so. <laughs> so actually, that brings us into today's topic. What was the atmosphere of the conference like? Did you meet a bunch of interesting people? Uh, yeah, the atmosphere was, you know, really friendly and really relaxed and quite chill. It was just a one day conference. So everyone that was there was, you know, super attentive, I guess, and making the most of that one full on day. 
something that I, as I was a speaker at, at that particular event, uh, I was, you know, really excited about, you know, going and talking and presenting, but I hadn't really thought after that. And so after I presented, actually quite a lot of people then came up to me and, you know, wanted to chat to me about the topic of my presentation, which when you think about it, that's kind of obvious. But at the time, I wasn't thinking any further than, you know, just got to get up on the stage and deliver it. And then I can think about everything else later. Uh, But it was it was really nice for people to come up to me and talk to me. And, you know, everyone was really friendly. And I think the thing with conferences in particular is People are there because they want to be there. You know, it's a choice and they've made that investment to to attend and to learn something. And so the people that are there are obviously there because they care about it and they're going to be, you know, super attentive and interested to talk and discuss about design with you. I definitely find that at conferences too. Not that I've spoken at one before yet, but that's coming up in October, the Sean Wes conference, which I'll leave a link to down below if anyone feels like coming Whoop along up. to it. I've found that people at conferences are just always, I don't know, they just feel really passionate because they're putting in the time to, sometimes they take off work, you know, to go to this conference mm-hmm. and they're putting aside projects that they've got on to soak up some learning and inspiration, which I think is really cool. And it, that's just the kind of people that I like being around. Yeah, so the conference that I was at was kind of a mixture of design and development, but I I feel like it was mostly design, but there were definitely some developers there. Uh, But I don't know, I mean, for me, being like a digital designer, I kind of consider developers as like, you know, our friendly, our friendly cousin, like to me, we're kind of one community in a way. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, what about you? Do you think that we're kind of have two separate communities or that we kind of like work hand in hand with each other I think it's like a Venn diagram almost that there's a design community and a developer community and then they overlap a lot of the time does that make sense yeah that makes sense and sometimes you know I guess there's designers that are also developers so yeah they're probably the ones sitting right in the middle (laughs) yeah exactly so aside from going to conferences which I know that you've been to a couple of of, because I've been to one with you last year in Belgium and a few more before that I know you've been to semi-permanent in New Zealand what's been your favorite design conference that you've been to oh that's such a hard question uh I really did enjoy the kick festival that we went to together last year in Belgium just because it was like quite a broad range of designers like it wasn't just specific you know one type of design it was really quite broad And it wasn't only just about design, it was about like being a designer as well and being a creator. Like, for example, Tobias Van Schneider's talk on side projects, you know, that's not specific to like design, but that kind of lives within the realm of being a creator. So I I really did enjoy that conference and I thought there were some really inspiring talks and also some, you know, a broad range of people attending as well. What about you? Was that your favourite or have you maybe been to another one in London that was inspiring? I went to Future of Web Design in London, which I really liked. That was quite targeted to web design, obviously, which I haven't really been to a conference that was quite so targeted before. So that was really cool. 
Uh, I really enjoyed it, but unfortunately they uh, cancelled this year's one. I don't know why. Maybe there oh, wasn't no. enough ticket sales or something. But yeah, I'm really sad about that because it was it was a really good one, and it was one that I was hoping to speak at someday. You know, because they had a track of rising stars, they called it, of people who were like new to conference speaking, but presenting in a smaller room on really interesting topics. And I went to quite a few of those talks, and that was really cool. But my favourite web. Uh, my favorite design conference ever that I've been to so far has been Webstock, which is held in Wellington, New Zealand. I just think it's so well run and yeah, just a really great conference. They always have awesome branding too and great swag. So I really like that one. Yeah, that is a nice one. And I think also the thing with that one is like, because we've lived there, it's always familiar faces as well that are that are attending. Yeah, totally. So it's like you get to hang out with your friends and just have like a really good two days of like inspiration and learning yeah I find that Webstock was always like the Wellington design community all descending on one place yeah actually not even Wellington the whole of New Zealand almost would would come for Webstock which was really cool what do you think about um online versus offline communities because meeting up for conferences and things is obviously offline activity but we're both part of online design communities as well so how do you find the differences between the two you know, I, I'm i definitely more active at the moment in online communities, but I am like starting to realize or I guess have a bit of a goal to be more active in offline communities, in particular my local, you know, my local design and, and tech community. And I guess, you know, delivering at the conference last week has opened me up a little bit more to that and realizing that, you know, there is so much just around me that I want to participate more in and while it's one thing to be sort of known online for one you know for something that you do it's another thing to be known locally in your local community and I I feel like I've sort of underestimated that or kind of just pushed that aside as you know less important but I don't think it is and so being active in my local community is something that I really want to do more of and that could be like going to more meetups or like reaching out to people that I know are living in Amsterdam and connecting with them and that kind of stuff. Definitely that's a goal of mine too actually and I've been living in London for over a year now and still don't know that many designers which is terrible but recently I have met a couple of other designer bloggers you know they do the same sort of thing as me they make videos for YouTube and write blogs and we had a, a drawing meetup the other week which was really fun we just we went to a gallery and then went to a pub and did some drawing over some drinks which was yeah really cool and I'm going to an event next week with one of the design bloggers that I've met here so hi Natasha if you're listening and that's going to be awesome those sorts of offline meetups to chat about creative stuff and do creative things with with people so what do you think the like main difference is then, or, or I guess, yeah, the main benefit or the main difference between offline and an online community? I think that when you, well, I find I always meet people online. Like that's how I form friends best is meeting online and then meeting offline to like deepen that friendship. So having a community that where you can know of someone online and then actually meet up with them in person, share a drink, share a coffee, and just chat is really valuable, I think, for getting to know them, like building that relationship. And that's building someone that you can talk to about things, you can bounce ideas off, perhaps. And yeah, feel feel a part of the community. 
I think it can be quite isolated being online all the time. Like it is important to have that, you know, real life human contact. And you can get value from both for sure. But I think the mixture of both is what works best for me. Yeah, I like that. And I agree. I think it's it's awesome to meet people online and I'm the same. You know, I've made a lot of friends online, a lot of designers, most of them living overseas. Uh, but then, you know, meeting them in person is super rewarding. And uh, yeah, you can really deepen your relationships that way. And that could lead to lots of other opportunities as well. Like, I don't know, collaboration. Like I'm sure you've done a few, uh, what do you call it? Like collaborative videos or uh, with your with your friends. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they can open up other doors and opportunities as well when you meet them in person. And the the good thing about online communities too, though, is that you can meet people all over the world. You're not confined to just the people, you know, in your local area. Perhaps maybe you're someone who has tried going to a meetup and didn't really gel with anyone there, you know. But finding people online, you might find people who have the same mindset as you and who you just get on with better and it can suck if they don't live in the same city as you, but it also means that you have people to visit when you go traveling, which is <laughs> cool too. Yeah, I found that when I was living in Wellington, I wasn't quite as active online as I am now living here. And I wouldn't say I got sick of it per se, because it's not very nice, but you know, I was so ingrained in the local design community and you know we all knew each other and you know you know everyone a lot of you work at the same like three places uh, and it, it's <laughs> a bit small especially in a place like Wellington and so once I started you know making more friends online in in the design community that really opened me up a lot more to like not only different perspectives on design but also different uh, types of design and different types of designers like super niche things like apparel design and you know making a living as a hand letterer and that kind of stuff that I wasn't exposed to like physically in Wellington and didn't know anyone that that did something that specific so yeah I mean I think it can open you up to all sorts of different types of interesting people. Definitely. There's often a like a group think mentality can form from specific communities, I think. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it just so happens that when people of the same mindset get together, you know, they think the same way. So having those outside perspectives and being a part of multiple communities, I'd even recommend, is really valuable because you do get all those different viewpoints and, you know, you're putting yourself in other people's shoes and seeing how different people think and how they approach things. So I think it's safe to say at this point that we both enjoy both online and offline communities for their different purposes. Definitely, yeah. So... What are the what are some of the benefits that you get from being part of a design community? Just in general, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Why do you think it's important to you? Or why is it something that you participate in? I think design as an industry, we have to stick together. You know, there's a lot of things pushing us to work a certain way. You know, like doing work for free, like we've discussed in a previous episode, and things like that. Where if we as a community pull together and you know, decide on our, our morals and how design should work, that that is a great thing, that we can all work together on things like that. And if you're just working in a silo, you might not know which things you could possibly be doing that are damaging the industry, you know, and damaging how people view design. So gathering together as a community and chatting about your process to people 
so hearing how other people work and getting ideas that you can bring into your own process, I think is just so valuable. And that's how you're going to grow, especially once you've finished university and even while you're in university, because university is only teaching you one way to think, right? Like they're teaching you their way of working through the design process and approaching clients and approaching the brief. But talking to other people in the community, you'll get ideas of other ways you could do that. And that will all come together to form your process going forward. And yeah, gathering in communities is the best way to keep growing as a designer, I think. So do you think you'd still be where you are now and what you're doing with your side projects and design if it weren't for your participation in a design community? I... 100% do not think I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for the design community and other people around me encouraging me and giving their feedback for me to bounce ideas off even, showing their support. All of that has come together to definitely help me out with my side projects and get me where I am today. I'm so glad that I found a bunch of people who are accepting in that way and who are interested in what I'm doing and who just like talking about design as much as I do. I think that's really cool. And yeah, I can definitely say that I wouldn't be where I am today without it. I don't think I'd be as passionate about design as I am today without it even, which is quite a big thing to say, but I I think it's true. Yeah, I mean, I learned so much just from watching other people as well, you know, my friends that are in the community and seeing what they're doing and learning from them and taking that on board into what I'm doing and maybe I try it out and see how it works for me. So I think if you are a designer who's, you know, sitting in your little rabbit hole, uh, I think you're missing out, you know. I think that it might be time to come out and engage with some people online, see what other people are doing. And, you know, we're we're friends, not food. So as you said, I think it's time that we all sort of, you know, stick together and help one another out because I don't think it should be competitive. I think, you know, the more brains, the better. So if we can all join together and collaborate and help each other out, then I think we'll all manage to do really interesting things. I think so too, for sure. And what you said about it not being competitive – it's definitely true within design communities. You don't, you shouldn't see other designers as your competitors. You know, they're your peers and they they can help you out. And yes, sometimes you might have the same skill and a client might be perhaps deciding between the two of you. But to be honest, I don't know if that happens that often because everyone is so different and has such different skill sets and portfolios that I, I don't know if that's a thing. I know that you're a part of a freelancers group. So have you found that at all that people are doing similar stuff? No, I mean, the nice thing about freelance groups is that everyone is sort of there to help each other out. And so I've never sort of seen a situation where people are fighting for the same project. I'm sure that kind of stuff probably happens on like freelancer.com or whatever, but I kind of tend to stay away from those. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I count reasons. that as a community. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, I'm part of a few Facebook groups that are very about You know, they're very much about design and development and freelancing. And to be honest, I mean, they're just such welcoming, friendly groups where you can ask a question about maybe it's specific about design or maybe it's a more sort of client or freelancing, you know, generic question. Maybe it's a question about taxes, you know, Uh, and everyone is just very, very nice and very welcoming and everybody is there to help each other out because I think at the end of the day, We're all in the same boat and we're all just trying to do great work. So why not help each other achieve that? 
aside from those Facebook groups, uh, what other design communities are you part of? And how did you even find those Facebook groups to start with? I can't remember how I found the Facebook groups. I think I must have been invited by someone else into it uh, because I think both of them are secret or private maybe. So I must have been invited by someone else. Um, But other online groups that I'm part of, and I know you're also part of this one, is the Sean West community, which I know we've both mentioned on the show quite a few times. And we'll leave a link to the community down below in the uh, episode show links. Uh, But I joined that, it must have been about a year ago now, I think, and it's just been quite an amazing and very talented group of very focused and very determined people who all they're doing in there is basically helping each other be the best person they can be and helping everyone sort of fulfill their own passion, which is very inspiring to read and follow. Yeah, definitely. I find it so motivating to drop into the chat and see what other people are working on because when you're someone who is so focused on side projects as we are, not everyone does that, right? You know, that's not what most people come home and spend their evenings doing. But here in the Sean West community, it's where all those types of people have gathered together, which is really cool. Are there any communities that you're a part of apart from Sean West that you want to share? I'm a part of a few Twitter chats, which are really fun. There's the C Bloggers Chat, which is, stands for a Creative Bloggers Chat that happens on Twitter. I can't remember the exact night that that's on. I'm pretty sure it's a Thursday. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes anyway, because that's mostly people from the UK and Europe because of the time zone that it's in. But anyone can join in and it's like a chat that happens about certain topics to do with creative blogging, which is always really, really fun and lets me meet new people. That's about the only one, though, I think. I'm not really a part of many more than that. I would like to join more, but I feel like I give the Short West community most of my time. I want to join more offline groups, though, I think. Yeah, I'm a part of a few Slack groups, but, man, it just gets so noisy, and especially with my own day job and we have our own sort of team Slack that I have to focus and pay attention to. It can be really hard to keep up with those Slack groups, especially quite a few of them I'm in. uh, Most of the people are in the US, so the time zone is a bit off, uh, which is why I quite like the Facebook groups because it's something where you can come in and like check at any time and see sort of an overview of things. Whereas on Slack, if you're not there at the time, then it's kind of lost forever. It's it's really a more of an immediate kind of chat rather than a Facebook group where you can post a question and check back later for the answers. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. Also, I think that sometimes it can be better to not spread yourself too thin so it's better to find uh, like a couple of groups like it sounds like you've done that are really fit well with your mindset and your way of working that you get a lot of value out of and can give a lot of value too rather than trying to join everything you know yeah that too because there's definitely other communities that I really would love to be a part of but I just feel like I I just don't have the time or, or I should say I I don't have the capacity to make the time to yeah. to be focused in there and to be active. I already struggle enough trying to keep up with what goes on in the Sean West community. And uh, that's not because I'm, you know, I don't want to be in there, but I'm just so busy hustling myself that to go and take the time to engage in those communities is something that I have to, you know, put a put put time aside to go and do that. And so if I was a part of too many, then it just would never happen. So... 
I think finding one or two that really work well for you and that you can make some deep relationships with people in is the way to go. Yeah, I agree. So I also have a like physical little mastermind group uh, here in Amsterdam with two other designers, sometimes three, uh, that where we meet, well, we try and meet once a month. Uh, we sh- we take turns going to each other's houses and someone does a bit of baking and we have tea and we spend a couple hours just talking about design and freelancing and how we're all going with our projects and ideas that we have and kind of just, I guess, having a couple of hours where we can freely share what's been going on and freely share our ideas. And I found that really good to get some one-on-one time. Like, as we said, you know, it's quite often to get, it's quite easy to get caught up online and online friendships and communities and then you kind of lose that face-to-face time. So I find having that once a month mastermind group a really nice way to get some off-screen time and, you know, deepen my relationship with those people. That sounds awesome. Sounds like that's the kind of thing that you can get a lot of value out of but also be helping out other people as well. Yeah, it's been really good so far and I would encourage anyone else who maybe feels that they're only participating online and lacking a bit of that face-to-face time relationship building with people to maybe start a little mastermind group with a few local people in your area. When you were new, think back to when you were a new designer, how hard did you find it to get involved in the design community? To be honest, I didn't even really consider being active in the design community when I was new and hopefully I'm not the only designer who who had that experience but I was just so focused on myself and the things that I wanted to make and yes while I was creeping a little bit on dribble and seeing what other people were creating I was definitely not being active like I wasn't engaging with people at all to start with I was kind of in my own little rabbit hole of myself and what I wanted to create and learn you're definitely not the only one who uh, did that because we tweeted out asking our listeners uh, when they were new designers did they find the design community really welcoming or did they find it kind of hard to get into and Holly responded and said that I didn't really know where to go to find a community I was just in high school and didn't know one existed outside of the Mm -hmm. class yeah that's exactly how I felt too I mean this wasn't during high school for me but I was not at all considering even what a design community was or is or that it even existed. I was just me, little designer with my pencil and paper scribbling away. Yeah, I felt the same when I was in university. I don't know why. I knew that other designers existed online because I was actually trying to interview a lot of them for a project that I was working on. But I just never considered that perhaps people outside of university would be interested in talking to me about design you know I just figured that oh this is I'm just in my little New Zealand university and those are people in the big wide world they're not going to be interested in talking to me you know which is not a good attitude to have and it's not true because I find it really interesting to talk to designers and design students from all over the world now with my YouTube channel yeah same for me Uh, we had a few more responses to this as well that I want to read out if that's okay yeah go for it Alex said, it's a mix. It can be a little difficult to find your place. I found myself being more accepted by fellow female designers too, but for the most part, people were accepting. Yeah, it can be hard to find your place, especially if you're new and you don't really know where you fit. Like when I started design, I sort of just saw design as one bubble 
but now I've realized that there's actually many bubbles within design like you know you could be a product designer you could be a motion designer you could be a print designer etc and so discovering these communities and especially these niche communities where you know there's a Facebook group well there's probably a Facebook group for product designers and whatever uh, really sort of help me find my place I guess and find sort of which bubble I sat in and where I kind of fitted in the whole design world. Yeah that right there is a reason to get involved with communities too right because it can help you see what types of design there are out there but that perhaps you hadn't considered before but might actually come to really love. Yeah totally. Boha I really like this tweet from him he said as usual there's nice people who are open and welcoming and rude a-holes you two for example being to the in the first group thank you thank you for saying that Boha. so nice Phew, I was really worried there that we weren't nice <laughs> that's true though I mean I feel like there's always going to be people in any community who you don't get along with as well perhaps you they're not as bad as being rude a-holes but you know there's always going to be people who you don't quite align with and want to be friends with as much as others I think that's completely normal yeah I mean not everybody has the same mindset and passion and goals and drive etc so I think it's totally normal and I think you know we just have to be the professionals that we are and you know just tune those people out or don't engage with them and move on yeah yeah don't bother with them just stick to the people who are nice to you and who are the kind of people that you want to be around in your life, either online or offline. Mm -hmm. I found this tweet really interesting from Simon. He said uh, a mixture of both as to whether the design community is really welcoming or not. He said, surprisingly for me, the online community was much more open and welcoming than my local physical community. So I wonder why that could be. Yeah, I wonder, you know, sometimes when you're trying to join a local physical community, they are already established and so yeah, you know, maybe people could be in their little cliques and groups and everyone kind of knows how, how it goes and you're this newbie coming in and, you know, it can be quite hard to find your place and that's something that I still struggle with when I go to meetups and see everyone in their, you know, already existing friend groups and I'm kind of this newbie on my own, like, you know, or do I go and just like interrupt their conversation or should I keep standing here in the corner, you know. I'm sure you've experienced this too, Charlie, hopefully. Uh, definitely. Every single time I go to anything by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's easy to then like make that quick judgment of, you know, oh, they're not welcoming or they're not friendly, uh, which may- maybe that is the case. But also maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little bit more and, you know, try and integrate yourself as much as possible, even though it could be a little bit awkward. I think that thing with offline communities, how they do help you to deepen relationships is probably part of the reason why they're harder to get into as well, because the people who have been meeting up with each other for several months, maybe even years, who knows, have developed these really deep relationships that you coming in have a harder time to get into because, you know, you don't have the the time and the FaceTime with people that the others have had. Mm -hmm. But that's where I find that meeting online first comes in really handy because it's so much easier just to chat to people on there, typical introvert thing to say. But it's true. I find it really easy to strike up a conversation with people online and I like am completely fine to insert myself into a conversation and, you know, add my thoughts or whatever online versus offline so yeah meeting online first and then going offline can be a great way to do it so perhaps that local group has a Facebook page perhaps that you could 
get involved with first off before you meet up in person that could really help ease that transition yeah totally especially if there's someone that is in the same position as you and they don't know anybody else but they want to go along and you can kind of buddy up (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) we're all in this together (laughs) so we also asked our listeners what value they get from the communities that they're a part of because I think as we've established most people do tend to be uh, you know find their little places online or offline so we asked what people get from that Austin said that he gets business coaching accountability critiques brainstorming pushing my boundaries i.e all of the value (laughs) now Austin's part of the Sean West community as well so I'm assuming that that's the community that he's referring to If not, there's another one that he gets all that value from as well. But I definitely get those value points from the Sean Wes community for sure. Natasha, who is the the wonderful female designer that I mentioned before, said that, well, there's C-Bloggers Chat and It's We Blog Design, which are both Twitter chats. And she says they're a great way to meet and connect with other creative bloggers. She also said that I think the main thing is because these things are usually quite small, people don't know about them, which is a shame. Mm. Yeah, I I haven't ever, I don't think, really seen a Twitter chat happening in my Twitter stream. Maybe I'm not following the right people, but I know that they happen, but I have yet to really find one that I can participate in. So, yeah, if anyone has any recommendations for Twitter chats to participate in, tweet us and let us know. Yeah, that would be cool. Maybe we could start getting together some sort of awesome list of them. Simon said that he's an online member of the same group that you're a part of. So is that one of your Facebook groups, Fem? Yeah, that's a uh, Facebook group called Freelancers Hub, which is mostly UK people, actually, uh, but also a few of us internationals scattered around the world. Nice. Well, he says he gets lots of advice, new tools, and he gets to help people too. Yeah, that's super cool. I definitely get that in that group as well. And also there's a Facebook group for The New School, which is a blog that, you know, gives advice and tips on freelancing. And they also have a Facebook group, which is similar to Freelancers Hub, but more geared towards like creativity and design rather than freelancing in general. Yeah, that's cool. I think being able to help other people is a great benefit of being a part of communities as well it just feels really good to help someone else with their problem you know yeah totally it's very rewarding to do that whether it's online or offline Bosco said in response to this tweet I'm not aware of any communities near me but would be willing to join one I guess I need to check into it again (laughs) and I would say that definitely do that uh, that could be really valuable to see what's out there and see if the people in those local communities near you could be you know, really perfect for you to fit in with. Yeah, and I think a good place to start if you're looking for a local design community is meetup.com. I don't know about London. I mean, I'm sure it's it's bigger than here in Amsterdam, but we already here in Amsterdam have quite a lot of meetup groups for designers and creators. So if you're looking to meet some people in your area, then meetup.com could be a good place to start. I would say conferences as well, though they can be quite an investment to, you know, buy a conference ticket to go along and meet people. But that is a huge part of conferences is the other attendees, not just the speakers, you know. So that could be a way to get to know people who might then be able to tell you about smaller meetups that are happening. Yeah, totally. So what advice would you give, Femme, to someone new to the design world for 
like getting themselves involved in the community or a particular community? I think you definitely have to be on Twitter. And I know that some people don't like Twitter and they don't see the point of Twitter. And some people think it's just a platform to, you know, give updates on what you're doing right now. But uh, it, it can be so much more than that. And it really is all up to you how to make the most out of it. And so like we've talked about, you know, whether it's online or offline communities for Charlie and I, at least quite a lot of those relationships that we get from those communities do start online. And for me, at least do start on Twitter. So I would recommend being active on Twitter and finding some interesting people to follow and just talk to them, help them, ask them for advice and, form a relationship with those people and through that that already starts to extend your network of people and you'll find you know online or offline communities to be a part of. It's also just really inspiring to open up your Twitter feed and see a bunch of super creative and motivated people in there. I think that's a great use of the platform you know it it can be seen as a time waster but can also be seen as a great resource and a great asset if you choose it to be. Yeah, I think it can definitely be a great asset for not only your personal sort of growth or your your personal well-being as a designer, but also potentially, you know, opportunities. So I think it's a great place to be as a designer. And design Twitter is huge, right? There are so many designers on yes. Twitter. You're bound to find someone who does the kind of work that you're interested in or, you know, has the same mindset as you or people that you just really just want to be friends with. You know how you just stumble across people sometimes and you're like, I want to be your friend. Yeah. Shall we put together a Twitter list of some creatives that we know for people that are looking to follow some interesting people maybe? Yes, let's do that. And that will be linked in the show notes. Yes, if you're looking for some creative, inspiring designers to follow, then check out our Twitter list. Well, I suppose this sort of wraps up this episode, doesn't it? So where can people go to find our show notes and all of our other episodes? You can go to designlife.fm. That's our website. And you'll find all of our episodes, including a link to our newsletter. So we send out a newsletter every Monday with a new episode. So if you'd like to be notified of that, then head over to our website and sign up. And reach out to us on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm. And we're always keen to chat about design stuff, right? So anytime you have a design thought you want to share, tweet us. So we also have some exciting news to share, don't we? Yes, we do. So in a couple weeks, Charlie is going to be visiting me in Amsterdam as we're heading to a conference together, fitting for this episode, I think. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, And we've decided that we're going to host a live Q&A. So we've had quite a lot of requests for some sort of live event and we've decided to host a Q&A and that will happen on May 25th. So if you'd like to join the Q&A, we'd love to have you join the live event. Time is yet to be determined, but you can head over to designlife.fm slash live and from there you can register for the live event and we'll keep you updated as it gets closer. I'm very excited about this and it should be really fun. So please tweet us some questions in advance if you wish or we'll be taking them on the day, of course, and just generally having a chat about design, which should be really fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to getting to know you guys a bit better through this as well, you people listening. So yeah, it should be really good. Go sign up and we will see you there. See you next week, Charlie. Bye, fam. Bye. Bye.